0: Brittany and I are not doctors, dietitians, mental health professionals, experts on endometriosis, or any kind of qualified medical professional. So that means that none of the information we share on this podcast is medical or mental health advice. If
1: you get inspired by something we say, always consult your qualified medical professional
0: first before making any changes. Hey everyone, I'm here before the episode starts to bring you Learning Moments with Amy. Now that I've been podcasting and advocating for a few years, my understanding of endometriosis, as well as the issues that our community faces, well, they've really evolved and progressed over the years. So I've been going through our earliest episodes because I want to make sure that these earliest published episodes have accurate information in them. For this episode, I wanted to comment a few things. So this episode is about how often people comment on other people's food choices and the unwanted comments that Brittany and I have received as two people who have changed our diet for health reasons. You know, listening back to the examples that we give the comments that people have made, I can really recognize how so many people made their comments through the lens of diet culture. Diet culture is toxic. It emphasizes thinness at any cost. Equating our body size and food itself with morality, with foods being given meaning of good or bad, and then us, the people who eat food, being seen as good or bad for eating them. And this is untrue, toxic, very pervasive, everywhere. And it's something that both Brittany and I have learned over the past years is to become aware of diet culture And then to recognize diet culture beliefs in the conversations that people have with us, and also in the beliefs that we have about ourselves and our own eating choices. So I just want to name drop diet culture here, uh, because we didn't do that in the episode. And I think understanding and becoming aware of diet culture has really been helpful for me in navigating my own food choices and the way people react to them. And so re-listening to this episode with the knowledge that I have now about diet culture, the other thing that I really want to stress is that Brittany and I talk about how sometimes we're tempted to eat something when we're out with friends or we're at work. But I just want to be clear that the reason we don't eat these, you know, foods that tempt us when we're out is because we both have pretty instant reactions to a lot of foods. And so, like, we don't want to have uncontrollable gas when we're at a party or fatigue when we're at work or spend the next hour in the movie theater in the bathroom with raging diarrhea instead of watching the movie. So we choose not to eat certain foods, not because they're bad, quote-unquote bad, because they're not. We choose to eat the way we do to support ourselves physically and emotionally. And that's why dealing with these comments are so hard, because we're all navigating what helps us feel our best, And hearing these comments and judgments and pressures from other people about the choices that we're making, even though we want to make them, sometimes it's a struggle. You know, it can be a struggle to find peace with the choices that we make. It can be a struggle to turn our choices into habits and the people that we are. And so dealing with other people's comments, it just adds more obstacles to the challenges that we're already facing. All right, thanks for joining Learning Moments with Amy. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about how to deal with comments that other people make about your food. Oh, so like every day, <laughs> it's just something we deal with constantly. People love, 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 love. Have I made myself clear? Love. They love, love. love. It's like the favorite it's like an passion. addiction. Oh, my God. They're addicted God.
1: to commenting about food choices other people make. They love to do it. It's mm-hmm. like they can't
0: stop themselves. Yeah. It's
1: like they word vomit, which is gross when you're talking about I eating. I feel like. They <laughs> word vomit comments. You'd be like in the kitchen. There'd be signs everywhere. It's like silence. I must comment about your meal. I can't give it in. And then they would die. It says. No food it, comments yeah. in Amy's perfect world. If you make
0: comments, you'll be shot by a sniper. And then people go in, they're like, mm, 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 try not to talk. And they're like, oh, but your food! Why do you have green beans? And you're like, oh.
1: They would still do it. Oh,
0: you've been taken out. <laughs> and good riddance to you and your comments, because we don't need them. We don't need them. We don't need them peanut galleries. <laughs> like, Why is it, Brittany, you go against the grain I hate gluten jerk <laughs> of what everyone else is eating. And it's like you have a sign in your face screaming and alerting people. Talk to me about my choices. (laughs) Say whatever you want. I don't care how idiotic or rude or stupid it is. Just
1: say it to me. Say it to me. Well, it's like so strange that people just feel entitled to say anything at all. I just don't understand it. Leave me to eat in peace.
0: So today we want to talk about how to respond to all of those unwanted comments about our I think the reason why Brittany and I get so passionate about this topic is because we have been on special diets. Well, Brittany, like her whole life, (laughs) because she's celiac and been been (laughs) gluten-free since she was born. (laughs) Like nine, but like close enough. (laughs) And I've been on that paleo diet for 14 years. And
1: we're not trying to brag about the struggles of our diets, but (laughs) but we're rather trying to say that we have heard it all in terms of comments everything under the sun from the most passive comments to the most aggressive comments. We have a stockpile in all of those years of everything we have ever heard people tell us about
0: the way we eat. Years and years and years of people with their rude or offensive or judgmental or mean or cruel comments and all unwanted.
1: And we know that many people in the endo community, us included, have changed their diet so that they can manage their symptoms. And we really wanted to do this episodes so that we could give support to people that are following a diet that's different from the mainstream. We're also talking about a gluten-free diet, sugar-free, paleo, FODMAP, SCD. All, there's so many different diets out there that's outside of the mainstream and not just endo. And we wanted to give support to anybody following any kind of diet.
0: Who is also blessed with hearing annoying, rude, unsolicited comments? Um, Brittany, I noticed you mentioned quite a handful of diets there, but it looks like you left out the cat food diet. <sighs> Amy, what's the cat food diet? Um, duh, Brittany, the cat food diet is when you eat cat food every day. Okay,
1: no, pl- n- nobody. Don't eat cat food. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're a cat, I mean, that's incredible. And you're probably going to take over the world because you can understand us. If you're listening to this and you're not a cat, don't eat cat food. <laughs> Amy, don't eat cat food. Fine. <laughs> it just smells so good. No. The roasted
0: kibble. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it actually does smell really good. Oh, God. It's called oven-baked chicken. Oh, that you lost me a chicken. It certainly, <laughs> certainly does smell like it came out of the oven. Oh, gosh. And if you're not in the cat food diet, mm, good. Nobody's on that. <laughs> well, then good because that's not a real diet. Fine, fine, Brittany, whatever, unless you're a cat. Meow. <laughs> but if you're not in any special diet, then that's okay, too. There are no special diets required to listen to this episode. Right. It's about the comments that you might hear while you're on a special diet. But
1: you may also hear them even if you're not. And some of these tips are just talking about dealing with the way people talk to us in general. Preach. I mean, people love, love, love. Wow. I didn't realize I was coming to a concert.
0: (laughs) I just get so passionate. Encore. (laughs) Love. To sing. I mean, to make. (laughs) People love to sing comments to me. And they, they come over. Even if you're not following any kind of special, diet. even if you're not even eating at the time, <laughs> they'll come over. Even if you're you're eating something, and they'll be like, "Should you be eating that?" I'm like, I'm sorry. Have Are you tr- me? Have you tried being gluten free with your endo? Oh, they they sing like <laughs> that. They sing the comment. That's what they do. And you're like, "Geez, just seriously, leave me alone." I didn't ask, but thank Back you. Back up. Back up. <laughs> With your comments. <laughs>
1: oh, wow. All right. And we're going to never sing again. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well done. <laughs> I'm sure we can all relate to that barrage of comments that people make about food when you're at work, at your holiday party, going to a family get together, anything that at involves food. Oh, gosh. That's at the worst.
0: Thanksgiving, <laughs> at a birthday party. <laughs>
1: anything that involves food. Why is there food they will follow everywhere in the comments? So, I'm sure you guys can relate to this because it's something that Amy and I have dealt with for a very long time, so I'm sure do too. And we're tired too. of
0: it. Yeah, so we're going to complain
1: about it and we hope that you can commiserate
0: <laughs> and give advice. Complain
1: plus yes, plus solutions. How to deal exactly. with it? Exactly. Yes. Funny complaining. You complaint. know that Amy and I never just complain to complain.
0: Funny complaining.
1: <laughs> and if you're exploring a diet or you don't follow any diet at all, then no worries. This is not a requirement for having or dealing with living with endo. So we're not trying to make you feel guilty or feel shame for not following any kind of diet. It's just something that we experience when we do follow a diet. And if you do choose to follow one, you may experience this as well. So be prepared.
0: Get ready. If you go on <laughs> some kind of diet for the future, get ready.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the For toughest... the
0: commentaries.
1: <laughs> we're never ready. But I think one of the tough things is that, you know... Whether you follow a diet or not, it's our body and it's our choice to do what we like with it. But that also gets its own kind of comments. So I think no matter what you do when you're dealing with an illness like endometriosis, you got to be prepared for war.
0: Commentary war. (laughs) So we're actually going to do an entire episode on the unsolicited quote unquote advice people give us. Like going sugar free could really help you. My yoga cured my entire body. It could probably cure yours, too. Are you aware that working through repressed traumas can cure endometriosis? Just try this salver tincture. I saw on Instagram that it totally works. You should try it. (laughs) Dr. Spambot. Cured my herpes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's like the, have you seen that? That's like yes, an Instagram yes. comment. Like a spam A just spam comment. Up. Oh my Lord.
1: <laughs> like nobody asked about herpes. We were talking about menstrual cramps. <laughs> we were talking about
0: fatigue and you came in with your herpes, man. That was an escalation we weren't prepared for. So we want to devote an entire episode to this topic of the advice that people give us. Because there's so
1: much. So much advice that we didn't
0: want. And I mean, sometimes I think they are trying to be helpful, but they can come across as judgmental and it can be really hurtful. So in that episode, we're going to talk about food and other things that people just love to give <laughs> <clears throat> to give us their special unwanted opinion on. Because they know best
1: for our bodies, clearly.
0: Obviously, obviously. Because they they're living in they it cured, every day. They cure their endo. I mean. But today, the focus of this episode is more on the comments that people make when they see a person having dietary choices that are different than the mainstream, like being gluten-free or not eating restaurants or bringing toppers with them or eating cat food straight from a can. No, oh, nobody no, no, does no, no, that. No, 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 no one does that. No one does. I, So I should stop Get doing it. Get it out of your head. So I should stop doing that.
1: Okay, I cat. Food? We need to have an off podcast conversation about your cat food problem.
0: Okay, <laughs> announcement. She does not eat cat food. Doctor Spambot, he told me on my Instagram uh-huh. feed and in a comment that cat food would cure endo, and that's why I'm on this diet. Oh,
1: so a, a, somebody who just claimed to be a doctor and is not backed by science told you to do something, so you did it. Duh. If I jumped off a cliff, would you? Yes, you would. Never mind.
0: <laughs> well, if you had cat food in your hand and I was oh, trying to wow. get it. Oh, wow. Are you addicted to the cat food now? <laughs> Is this something else we need to talk about? So I think we've established here that it's really hard to not eat cat food and... <laughs> I think that's just you. It's really, hard to, it's really hard to eat, I think, in the first place because food makes a lot of us feel sick. That's why we turn to cat food. Anyways... No one does that. <laughs> I think a lot of us, we're following a diet that we maybe wouldn't follow if we didn't have endo. So sometimes we're following diets that are already hard to stick to. Sometimes we're following diets that we feel frustrated with. And apart from that, I think it's really hard to eat healthy in our society in general, whether you have endometriosis or not. Food temptations are all around us. I mean, they're lurking. Ooh, sinister. Exactly. Sinister. They're Ooh. following
1: me, Brittany. They're following me. <laughs> they're gonna get me in a dark alley and make me eat them. That <laughs> <laughs>
0: donut. You go down the alley. They're just the like donut sl- forced me. <laughs> suddenly there's like a donut around your neck choking you like, uh, uh, you will try my jelly. You're
1: I like, no, him. please I am gluten free. <laughs> and I don't eat sugar, it's a double whammy. They're like, oh, good, two birds with one stone. One time, I had somebody like hold a fork full of uh-huh. something to my mouth, like eat it, eat it. And I was like, please, I'm gonna cry, I don't want to eat. Oh my, she's so aggressive. For me, it's like it was like some kind of meat product, and I I don't eat meat product. And they were like holding it to my face so I could smell it, and I was like, I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> It was a lot. So people have done some things to the both of
0: us. You cry and vomit yeah, on I the really meat. You're like, now on. you eat it. Now you eat yeah. it. Hold it to your mouth. <laughs> See if you like it. What do you think of my bodily fluids? <laughs> <laughs> well, why not?
1: Today is all about the
0: comments, the comments. people make.
1: So we're here to about help your that. food. <laughs>
0: we're gonna help you. Battle the break because we've battled that a lot. We're gonna help you fight the family feast. Ooh, duel the dinner. Ooh. We're gonna get you ready, folks, for war, food war, the food fight. It's a food commentary fight. I like that. Yeah. Are we gonna win? <laughs> so let's talk now about some of the fun comments people make. We went ahead. We put together a list of our funnest. Of the best
1: comments we've ever seen. comments.
0: <laughs> the ones we love. We're going to let you know them. You can rank them from one to one. Oh, th- yeah. Great <laughs> idea.
1: At the end, tell us your favorite comment that you've gotten. <laughs> we'll rank it in this list.
0: You go first, Brittany, because you've been gluten-free.
1: Oh, my favorite one. Gluten-free? Like, isn't that like a made-up fad? <laughs>
0: Like, yeah, what I've been following since I was nine years old. Now I'm practically 30. Okay? How it's come a when fad... I eat it, it makes me sick? <laughs> it's a fad that lasted for 21 freaking years. I know, <laughs> Have right? you ever seen a fad last that long? No, not even style
1: <laughs> lasts that long. Okay. I'm sure a lot of other people who are gluten-free can relate to that comment.
0: Here's one I love that I get all the time. Just one bite. One bite won't hurt you. That's what the person said when they held up the vomit meat to my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I won't hurt you. All right. Well, if I punch you in the face, just one punch to the face. That won't hurt. You. Just one tooth. Let me knock out just one oh tooth. Oh, my gosh. You don't need that front tooth. Just one won't hurt. Even when you eat that just one bite, you're going to use the back molar. So oh you can God. live without the front tooth. Can't you? This
1: evolved into something extreme. <laughs>
0: I have rage, people. I have rage. We
1: have a lot of internal feelings you about what
0: You know when I was editing the podcast, like when i listening back, I was like, I really... Mention a lot that I want to punch people in the face. I, I, I became think a that little, says something about uh, you. I did.
1: I became a little concerned. she's very aggressive. My, I'm here against
0: my will. <laughs> 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 for my level of aggression. <laughs> it's okay. We're dealing with it through Next this comment. Podcast. Just go on to the next comment, Brittany. Next comment. Okay, 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 okay.
1: One of my favorites that I got in college from people who are not very nice to me was
0: That sounds a lot like college. Yeah. This
1: tastes amazing. Oh, I'm so sorry you can't have any. Yeah, that's that's fun to hear when you're 18 years old and a freshman and trying to figure out life.
0: Here's one of my personal faves. I want chronic diarrhea so I can be thin like you. Oh my gosh! I guess that, <laughs> I think about that was that's kind of not food related, but it was because we were eating. Oh my! And I refused gosh. to eat. I was like, no, I don't eat that. And they were like, why? Why? And it like, gives oh, me diarrhea. I get sick, and and like, what happened? You know, they would keep pestering. What happened? How do you get sick? Tell me every detail. Like, oh, I get diarrhea. I have chronic diarrhea. Oh, if I get chronic diarrhea, will
1: I be thin like you? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you'll have no nutrients and be dehydrated
0: and want to (laughs) die. Yeah, if you also want chronic fatigue and the inability to open your eyes for more than 10 minutes at a time. I'll give you my insights. Do you want to trade? Sure. Go (laughs) ahead. Take my intestines. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Another one I
1: get a lot in relation to not eating meat or gluten is stuff like, I would die if I could never have a hamburger. I would die if I could never eat bread. I would die if I could never have cheese again.
0: But, oh, I'm sorry. I think
1: I say that <laughs> that's cheese. That's the cheese one for you. Oh, okay, thank you.
0: Thank you, Thank you for acknowledging I love cheese. But you know what? I'm not dead. You're not dead. Am I dead? You're not going to well, die. I might.
1: Let me check my pulse. She's the living dead.
0: <laughs> I'm not dead, right? Like, are you going to die if you don't have your precious pizza?
1: People don't understand what an impact that makes, that comment. But, yeah, that's a common one.
0: I would die if I couldn't have X. So when you don't eat somewhere and then people go, are you anorexic? Oh, my gosh. That's just rude. Um, If I was anorexic, which... One, I'm not. But if I was, would your insensitivity to the issue be helping yeah, me? Yeah, that's so hurtful. in any way. That's so hurtful. Because what? I'm thin, and I I don't eat around other people. I've seen Amy eat. I can promise you, <laughs> thank,
1: she can put it away. Thank you, Brittany. <laughs> thank you. I don't know where you put it all. It's impressive.
0: <laughs> it goes out with a diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, fair. All right. <laughs> I don't put it anywhere. It goes in, goes out with five minutes.
1: <laughs> that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Comments that we've both heard frequently can range onto the, when you're at a party, and you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to have that X or drink that Y. Then you get the comments that sound like, oh, so does that mean you're boring? You're not fun anymore?
0: What is it? If you take, like, a personality test and they want to decide if you're fun or boring, it's one of the questions Do you eat pizza? And you tick no. Boring. You lose. Do you drink alcohol? No.
1: Oh, you're the worst personality in the world. You must be so boring. No friends. That does not dictate your funness.
0: How does what you eat make a prereq I think for the the it's like the opposite.
1: If somebody thinks that's what makes someone fun, they're probably a very boring person.
0: <laughs> if eating pizza is
1: what makes you fun, you have no personality. I'm very sorry for you. <laughs> we have cleared it up. Breaking we news. We figured it Breaking out. Breaking
0: news. If you need pizza to be fun, you're boring. You're boring. <laughs> so it's all fun and games when Brittany and I talk about things, but in the real moment, not fun and games. How do we handle upsetting comments like these? And not let them get to us emotionally. That is the question. That is the ultimate question. That Shakespeare has been asking since wow. the beginning of time. <laughs> he, too, was gluten-free. From the beginning of time? <laughs> no, I, I don't know that, but
1: I have no evidence. But it'd be pretty cool if he was. I mean, yeah. So somebody, someone famous, has been asking that
0: question from the beginning of time. <laughs> I think it can be really helpful to think about why some people make comments about other people's food. And the answer to why is it's complicated. It's very complicated. (laughs) There's no one answer. Exactly. I, I feel like there's no one reason why people make the comments that they do. I do think that overall, even if people don't have an illness, I don't know. Have you ever noticed that people get really uncomfortable about food? I feel like with our food there's so many emotions involved in our eating choices. Like we commonly hear about having guilt or having shame or disappointment or comfort food or pleasure from food. And I think that because there are so many emotions around food, food can really be a source of, of making it like food can make us feel uncomfortable in a lot of ways. And I feel like food has become more in our society than just being sustenance and being something that we eat because we need food and we need energy to build our bodies and to be alive. So I don't know. It's just it's complicated, right? Like, I, I just feel like, yeah, the bottom line is that food can stir up a lot of emotions in people. And it's just it's complicated. And I've seen that in myself. Food is complicated, very complicated for me. And it does cause me a lot of emotions, <laughs> a lot of feelings about food, especially fear,
1: <laughs> anger, sadness, lots of nausea. Is that a feeling? Because I feel like it's just We're a regular about the emotional I feel like that's right an now. emotional feeling for me at this point. <laughs> How do you feel today? Nauseous. I meant like, are you happy or sad? Nauseous. <laughs> Constantly nauseous. <laughs> I'm going to go with that's an emotional feeling. <laughs> I think you're right that food or even certain foods can trigger an emotional response in people. People are confronted by a feeling that they have inside about their own food choices. And that's kind of because on a subconscious level, they feel that guilt or that shame or they feel bad about what they're eating. And they project that feeling on other people because they don't know how to deal with it
0: themselves. And I think for some people, and I've seen this be the case in my own family, but I think sometimes when we're following a special diet and therefore we don't participate in the food that is being offered to us, then people can feel like we've rejected them or we've rejected our culture or we've rejected their gift to us. Like for example, if your mom prides herself in making pie, and then every time you come home, she makes a pie and you eat the pie. But then this time you go home and now you're gluten-free and sugar-free and you don't eat the pie. So you change what you're eating, you know, it can make your mom feel hurt. And I think it's because food is just it's so wrapped up in our identities and it's really wrapped up in our culture. And so sometimes by rejecting food, even though we're just rejecting the, the food, the actual food item in our in itself. It can feel like we're rejecting so much more, or we're rejecting the person who offered us the food, or in a way we're saying like, "I don't eat that anymore. I'm better than you," and that's not the feeling that we want to give off. But that's sometimes the, what gets interpreted by our special diet.
1: Well, we can't control the emotional response of other people, which makes it really hard because you don't always know that somebody's going to feel rejected when you reject their offering of food. So. I've always tried to take an approach of being very thankful and grateful than saying, I'm just, you know, at this time, I'm trying something different. I really appreciate that you made it for me. It makes me feel so welcome and involved. I just need to try to feel better by not having that. And usually when you tell them why, they feel included. So you're not excluding them and rejecting them by kind of keeping them in the dark.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes in, in certain situations, being able to have a heart-to-heart with the person can diminish those feelings and can make the other person understand and even feel included in the choices that you're making. I think one of the hardest
1: person types to navigate unsolicited comments with is somebody who is very domineering or maybe a bully. You think bullies stop when, you know, you leave like high school, but that's not true. (laughs) Bullies are around for the rest of our lives. Bullies are forever. Yay. Like diamonds. Oh, just bullies are way worse. (laughs) They're (laughs) not as sparkly. They're harder and cut way deeper. (laughs) No, but a person who is a bully can either come from ill intent or not realize that they're being a bully, but they hone in on that behavior that they dictate as weird or other and use that to break you down because
0: ultimately they don't feel good about themselves. Or even behavior that's just new and different. Oh, which I guess would be make it quote-unquote weird because it's <laughs> new
1: and different. Well, everything's new and different until it becomes normal. Like, there's so many behaviors that are normal now that were new and different and, and got bullied. So I think ultimately, it's always important to remember that bullies usually bully because ultimately they feel insecure. And it's not about us. It's about them.
0: I also think that there are people who... They're not bullies and they're not mean and they have no ill intentions and they're not malicious. Yeah, like they're they're just commenting because it is something different that they haven't seen. And so or it's something they're not used to. And so they just make these comments that to them probably seem very innocuous, but they don't realize how they come across. Because sometimes these comments, especially when maybe we're already uncomfortable with ourselves, with what we're eating or we're just feeling frustrated or. It's just hard to follow our special diets at time. And then they come in with the comments like, I've never seen you eat anything unhealthy. I've never seen you eat anything at all. Do you ever eat cake? Do you ever eat? Aren't those Tupperwares annoying to carry around? Are you trying to lose weight? Green beans are disgusting. I don't know how you eat green beans. How do you like those?
1: I could never eat like that or follow a diet like yours.
0: Oh, that makes you sick? That's weird. I can eat that and I don't get sick. Hold on. Hold on. Let's just, let's just pause that one for an eye roll. <laughs> Everyone eye roll. Everyone together. Three, two, one. <laughs> eye roll.
1: <laughs> Lucky
0: you. <laughs> okay, we have one comment left that I heard just yesterday. In fact, seriously, steak for breakfast?
1: Alternatively, I get, seriously, eggs for dinner? Yes. I need the protein sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. There's no such thing as a time of day for food that's made up and fake.
0: (laughs) So I think we've established that every situation is different. Every person is different. And also the way that we interpret the comments, I think, differs depending on what's going on for us. I know with some situations I've been out and I have been tempted by the food that's on the table. And when people are insisting, yeah, just one bite, just have a bite. Just try it. You know, it can be enough to crumple our willpower. I think
1: also conversely, there are times when we're not tempted at all by the food, but people just won't let it go. And they're like, try it, try it, try it. Like, I don't care about it. I don't want
0: to. I don't want to try it. Why won't you just get it through your head? Listen to the words I'm saying. No, thank you. I'm all set. No, thank you. I'm totally good. No, thank you. I don't want it. No, thank you. (laughs) Leave me alone. No, thank you. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Two very simple words in the English language. No, which I think we learn when we're like, that's one of our first words we ever say. And thank you to show our gratitude. Put together. For the comments. (laughs) And yet, <laughs> they cannot stop. The relentlessness of the comments. It never ends.
1: And of course, we're talking about those comments that just spring up out of nowhere. Completely unexpected. You're just trying to navigate that gauntlet from the microwave to your desk, and 17 people happen to comment on your way there. Those are unsolicited, unwarranted comments where you're just minding your own beeswax. <laughs> Nobody asked you, coworkers but yet they will tell you their opinion anyway. <laughs> but of course, there's also, I think it's important that we don't start comment wars. If somebody says something to you, not spit firing back, well, don't you know that your breakfast is garbage, isn't really going to help the situation either. Or just starting that from the offset. If people keep commenting on your food, don't go up to them and comment on their food. I think Teaching people to not be judgmental about each other's food choices is more important than turning the face around and
0: launching a judgmental attack back at them. So you're saying I shouldn't comment on the things other people are eating? No, because you're
1: perpetuating the problem
0: rather than solving it. Oh. Yes. Break the cycle, Amy. Break the cycle. Okay, I'll break the cycle. Okay, note to self, do not comment on anyone else's food. Except mine. Like, we we can, (laughs) you can do that.
1: (laughs) You can tell me how good what I made looks today. Thank you. Actually, I was eating avocado, which Amy can't have, and she just looked at me with devil eyes. (laughs) I'm like, walk away from my office.
0: Don't look at my avocado. I gave her the stink eye. I was like...
1: (laughs) She was very sad. I, I tried to hide it. I, I know how it makes her feel.
0: <laughs> Someone finds Brittany murdered with an avocado pit <laughs> lodged in her throat. They find
1: Amy in the corner of the office,
0: <laughs> shoving avocado into her green, mouth. <laughs> green mush all over <laughs> her hands. I think it's Amy in the office with the avocado pit. <laughs> Thank you, Clue. <laughs> so I think the moral of the story is that everyone is entitled to their own. Food choices, cat food diet included. No. Okay. Mm-mm. And we shouldn't have to defend ourselves. So I shouldn't have to defend myself if I want to eat cat food. Cat food is human grade.
1: Okay. The one I buy. So okay.
0: I could eat it if I wanted to. Would you
1: get all your nutrients from the cat food? Mm-hmm. Then the answer is no. Fine.
0: <laughs> one meal a day. <laughs> we shouldn't. <laughs> No no, I just don't even know. I don't eat it. it's seriously it's just a joke. I mean it does the kibble It is human grade. Does, I'm sure it smells I mean, great. Yeah. It does
1: smell good. I'm but not, she does not eat caffeine. But I but I don't eat it. I've thought about it. I think everybody, when you open some like food, <laughs> human grade cat or dog food, you're like, I could eat that. It's just ground turkey with carrots and peas. Yeah, right. I'd never eat them.
0: I'm like, what would that do to my endo? I'm not you having know. a flare, <laughs> a flare because of cat food. That's not worth it. Or maybe I eat it. I'm like, cat food really does cure endo. Oh, Doctor Spambot was correct. Oh lord. <laughs> but I just think we wish you know we shouldn't have to defend ourselves or explain ourselves. But it's really hard because sometimes in following these special diets, we can feel like we're being singled out by the people around us. I think
1: most of us listening, and Amy and I, for sure, have felt like the weird one for not eating the cake at a birthday party or drinking water all night at the bar with your friends or for saying no to the fried delicacy your family wants to make or bringing your own food to something. To an event, to something where food is served. It's really hard to not care what other people think about you.
0: Guilty. So <laughs> terribly guilty of caving to peer pressure. It has been so hard to learn to stand on my two feet with my food choices. Like now, you know, now Brittany and I are like, oh, whatever, whip yeah, out our whatever. Tupperware, interrogate the wait staff. <laughs> but at the beginning, no. And I remember. Once I was at a friend's house, and it was a gathering of there were a lot of people, and this acquaintance came up to me, and the table thing was like, "Oh, here, do you want a drink?" And I told him, "No, no, I thank you. I don't drink alcohol." You know, he's being polite, so he said, "Oh, well, oh, do you want a soda?" I was like, "Oh, no, thanks. I don't drink soda. Juice? Oh, no, thanks. Water? No, no, no. Thank you so much, but no, thank you." And he's like, "So." You don't drink anything. But he wasn't being mean. He was being really curious and interested in the situation. And so I just said, oh, well, in public, no, because I have some health problems. (laughs) I didn't tell him what I told you that if I drink, (laughs) you be yourself. (laughs) And I have found this is also true with anything, like anything that has sugar in it makes me have urinary incontinence. Thank you. And even water. Bothers my bladder. So actually, when I go out in public, I don't drink anything. Like, I always drink if I'm in close proximity to a bathroom at my home, at work. But if I'm going to go out, if I have a meeting, if I have a presentation, like, I don't drink anything. And then what he said really surprised me because he goes, Huh, I really respect you. I wish I could do that. <laughs> and then he goes, Wow, I never told anyone this. <laughs> And it's so funny because so many people reveal things to me and they're like, I've never talked to anyone about this. I'm like, oh, well. When Apparently you, I'm approachable. <laughs> when you poop yourself, you become very approachable to other people's health problems. Let me. People are like, oh, well, my problem's not as bad well, as yours. Well, yeah, nowhere
1: near as bad I as I could open myself. up to you. Wow. I, and I thought I had
0: it bad. I'm like, yeah, try having endo. Yeah. yeah. Get back to me. <laughs> so he said, oh, well, I've never told anyone this, but I feel like I could tell you so And then he said, I haven't had a solid bowel movement in nine years. Oh, my goodness. I was like, oh. Oh my got me too. Oh high five. Bring it in, brother. <laughs> and then we did a little like hand pat. We were like, diarrhea. Wow. You had your own <laughs> handshake, the
1: diarrhea handshake. Like, I want to be in that club. I've had enough diarrhea. I should be in that club. You knock this. <laughs>
0: you you flutter your fingers then you put them out like you near flut- your butt yeah, and then, then you, fl- you flutter yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that coming.
1: Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I was on that page before you finished. <laughs> it's
1: the diarrhea shake, Brittany. I like it's it. the diarrhea shake. We're going to make it a thing now. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine at
0: work? people <laughs> <laughs> like, what are those doing? they doing, doing that. that.
1: They wouldn't be surprised by that. i like, anymore. no, that's
0: the peacock tail. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> totally what that is. <laughs> oh my God. But anyway, it's really cool because it, this conversation opened up that I never thought would have opened up. And I asked him, well, because as someone who struggles heavily with bowel urgency, I asked him, well, have you thought about changing what you eat? And he said, and I paraphrase, he said, I have, but it's really hard because. When I go out with my friends and I order a salad, they make all kinds of comments because I didn't order a hamburger. It's embarrassing. And this really surprised me because he is a very confident older man. So I just couldn't believe that he, he, that I get it. it. It feels embarrassing. Like when you start making these changes at the beginning and you're, and you're doing something different than other people, it feels embarrassing. But I told him, look, my advice is you have to take care of yourself first. And it doesn't matter what people think. Your health should come first. I get it. So I'm not diminishing what he felt. And we had a pretty long conversation after that. I just scrunched it together to be condensed like a condensed version, to be like a two minute thing. But yeah, I, I identify with him. I mean, when I first started eating my Tupperware and I started pulling my Tupperware out of my backpack, at the park and at the nightclub, like at the mall. I mean, in situations where you wouldn't expect a person to be carrying around like a salad in a tupperware in their backpack. My face, I mean, it doesn't turn beet red because I have very olive skin. But if I had the ability to turn beet red the way Brittany does. I sometimes tomato. Brittany gets her beet red. She's, I have a very flushed face. She's flustered, but I don't. Thank you. Thank you, Italian skin. You're welcome. Where's my... I'm Italian. No, I, don't, I don't have <laughs> oh, all You don't skin. like it. I mean, Rude. You don't got the golden tan like I'm me. like majority Italian. <laughs>
1: Rude. It's the English and Irish and Scottish. It's like, <laughs> you're going to be really pasty and flush really easy. Rude. Oh, Rude baby. genetics.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when I first started taking out my toppers, I, I did. I felt mortified. I felt like everyone was staring at me and they may or may not have been as we established. People love commenting and staring. But I, I felt like Honestly, in some moments at the, the very beginning, I felt like I wanted to die when I took my Taporus out and everyone else was eating whatever the pretzels at the mall or the pizza they ordered in the park. And I felt so stupid. And it has been really, really hard for me to realize that it just does not matter what other people think. One of the hardest truths to learn.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of it also has to do with embarrassment. You know, like, When you feel embarrassed, a lot of times that embarrassment is felt only by you and you project that and
0: give that kind of feeling out and then other people start to feel it. I think that we've all been there. I mean, I remember being in college and then after college with my friends eating pizza because I didn't want to be socially awkward. I was literally hurting myself physically because pizza made me really sick. The cheese. The glorious (laughs) cheese. And the gluten. And the glorious gluten. (laughs) We missed you, RIP. And (laughs) the pepperoni. Oh, the cheese. (laughs) I mean, it literally made me physically sick later. And I was hurting myself physically just to fit in. Truthfully, I wanted to say no to the pizza. Like, yes, I love pizza. And yes, I did want to eat the pizza, but if I hadn't felt social pressure, and I feel like in college, in my own case, it was imposed on myself. Like I self-imposed that pressure, but I really, I wanted to fit in and I didn't want to look like a weirdo or a freak. Or And then later I would be in bed sobbing with a flare or I'd be on the toilet for two hours wrapping my brains out evacuating everything (laughs) evacuating the intestines (laughs) and they would be going on with their lives they wouldn't even care if i'd eaten pizza with them or not right you'd be hours later and i would be sick and they would be off my friends would be off living their lives like not remembering oh amy's so great because she ate pizza with us no they didn't care
1: i think it's important to remember that ultimately we have to put ourselves first and that's really easy years that's really hard Brittany. yeah because letting go of what other people think oh god is not just in relation to food our self-esteem and our self-worth and caring about what other people think is so prevalent in our society and it's in so many facets of our lives so this doesn't just apply to food but because we're talking about diet for the sake of this podcast it does but Being able to let go of what other people think is such a huge and monumental task. We're not saying that it's easy to just be like, okay, all of a sudden I'm going to let all the comments roll off of me. We've both had to work through this for years to be like, okay, the peer pressure is not worth it. And I don't care what other people think of me. So just know that we're speaking from personal experience and a lot of work because a lot of times, once you gain that skill, and it will take months, years to develop the I don't care what you think of me skill. When other people see that, like Amy's friend who could now learn from her to say, "Okay, I'm going to not care what people think. And when they make fun of me for ordering a salad, I'm just going to say, yeah, I got a salad. It's really great. There are ways that you can say things without being combative, without escalating the situation that can kind of just diffuse and make it funny. And it takes a lot of time and effort to get there. But the benefits are really worth it. When you start being confident and secure that you don't care what other people think and that you're making the right choices for your own body, it helps to really solidify those choices for you. And people can see your results. You have energy or you feel better. You're reaching your goals of having solid bowel movements. <laughs>
0: some oh, cases. the elusive results. <laughs> Give them to me already. <laughs>
1: But we just want you to know that we are we know how much work it takes to feel confident enough in yourself to not succumb to peer pressure and that this doesn't just apply to food. So this is a
0: lifelong journey, I would say, but it's possible to get there. Yeah, it's a life skill. For me, something that really helped me stop caring what others think, which has been a really big battle, I think I've talked about that in other episodes, but it's been really hard for me to, to be confident and to not care anymore about pleasing other people. And so for me, it always came back to my why. And I think that's something that we can try to remember if we're, if we're facing in a situation where we're like gonna cave to peer pressure or people's comments are relentless or making us uncomfortable. And it comes back down to why ultimately am I eating this way? It's your personal
1: mantra. (laughs) Answer the question. That's your mantra. When somebody says something, you just repeat it in your head.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you can share with them why you're eating this way. Or you can just use your inner motivation of why to just let all their comments, like, just roll off your back. So why do you eat? Like, why do you follow the gluten-free diet or the sugar-free diet or me, personally? I follow the Brittany diet.
1: (laughs) Because it helps me to have more energy and to not have anxiety, which is crippling when I have panic attacks because I've had gluten. It helps me to feel more secure in myself and it helps me to feel in control and less exhausted all the time.
0: Those are my whys. I agree with Brittany's whys. We want Brittany to be mentally stable. (laughs) I need my brain. No gluten, please, because I need Brittany. Oh, and the
1: brain fog. The gluten and the brain fog are just, ooh, they love each other. I don't like to not be able to think. Okay. (laughs) But Amy, what about you? What's your why? A long
0: time ago, Brittany. (laughs) Oh, we got to have a saga for the why. Of course we do. (laughs) (laughs) My why began because I didn't want to crap myself Good from foul urgency. Good why. Over the years, the why has mutated. That sounds dangerous, (laughs) but okay. (laughs) Or should I say evolved? Thank you. Whatever. (laughs) And then as I tried not to crap myself, like Brittany also saw a lot of benefits. I had less fatigue, more energy. And then ultimately I realized that my endo flares held hands with food. (gasps) The connection. They're like evil connections. They're like secret
1: lovers. (laughs) Like Romeo and Juliet. Doomed. think sharing the why really helps people to one kind of humanize the situation but cut down on the comments because when there's a motivation people kind of actually start to think about it and it can make the comments
0: less hurtful and it can make them just less in general so when i'm in the break room microwaving my lunch that i brought on my topper from home should i just scream out hey Anyone who cares why I'm eating this food that I brought from home is because if I don't, I might crap myself.
1: I think they're going to think you're one of those pretentious people that looks down on other people and also that you're gross. And I don't (laughs) think that's going to be very helpful.
0: Like, um, we're trying to eat here. You're oversharing TMI. Yeah, I don't think
1: that's going to work out well. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I think the most effective way to deploy this is if somebody's making a lot of comments to you and is prodding and poking, or they just say, oh, why don't you eat X food? It's kind of an an invitation to explain something to them. So I don't ever go like, hi, nice to meet you. My name's Brittany. I don't eat X, Y, Z, A, B, C, Q, one, two, three, four, and five. Like, whoa, I don't care. (laughs) Like there's there's none of that. The
0: list would be a lot longer than that. Yeah.
1: A through Z, one through 100. Yeah. (laughs) But There's not the invitation to kind of have that share
0: of information. What if they said, Brittany, how come you never eat pizza when we order it? Well, in that case, you could answer something like, well, I'm
1: celiac, which means that gluten is not my friend. So I noticed that when I don't eat gluten, I feel a lot better. So I would love to continue having fun at this party. So I'm just not going to eat the pizza so I can still enjoy myself.
0: I love it, Brittany. It's practiced. (laughs) Well, the thing is, why that's so helpful is because by talking about your own personal benefits from eating the way you eat, I feel like it leaves less room for people to feel attacked. The thing is, when you just talk about your personal benefits, no one can, like, sometimes, sure, they could find ways to argue with you, but no one can argue with the fact that Brittany is celiac I mean they could but they <laughs> but don't But nobody really... can argue with how it makes me feel. I think a key point here as well is not to overshare. That's very true. Guilty. Yeah, keep the ramble boat tied in. (laughs) oh my, is that a saying? Keep the (laughs) ramble boat tied in. Wow. Just open the floodgates, the ramble boat comes out. So many water references. I love it. (laughs) Well, this is something that I did in the past because not being able to eat something, it also made me feel quite emotional because I did in the past really want to eat the pizza and I still really do want to eat cheese. So, It can be easy to overshare, but as we know, that makes people uncomfortable. It's good to just say things that people can identify with. Like, when I don't eat this, I notice that I feel better, or I notice I have more energy, or I notice I feel less bloated. If I say something like, oh, well, if I eat that, then it makes me have raging, back-breaking cramps from this illness that I have called endometriosis. They're like, oh, God. Overloaded. I'm overwhelmed. Can't relate. Can't relate. Walk away. (laughs) Weirdo. Get away from her. (laughs)
1: It's very true. Humans can really only understand what they've experienced. So even after you've given your why when asked, people can still be really persistent with their comments. And their comments can kind of cross over into very aggressive or even rude. And like we mentioned in the beginning, one of the most common things that we get told is like, just one bite. You can have just one bite. Just try it. Just, just one, one bite, bite, Brittany. It's just, not going to kill you. Just one
0: bite. Just one bite. <laughs> it's not going to hurt you. It's just one. I mean, come on. A forkful. Seriously, you can have a forkful. <laughs> well, can't
1: you? People don't understand that because a forkful doesn't affect them doesn't mean that a forkful doesn't affect me. So just because the pizza doesn't affect you or the cheese, sorry. Doesn't mean the pizza or the cheese doesn't affect me. Uh, so, stop saying cheese. Cheese. No. <laughs> when people take pictures and they say, say cheese, do you just cry? She's mean right now, isn't she? <laughs> I'm getting back. But people often can't understand why you cannot have something or you choose not to have something. Just
0: one bite. If you were allergic to peanuts, would you have just one I know, peanut? Oh my
1: gosh! Yeah, people. That's <laughs> that's a, people don't think of that. But to me, it's an allergy. I'm a aversion to wheat. So would you tell somebody who's allergic to peanuts to just try one peanut? But if it's about other random food, they don't seem to react. And it that doesn't way. have
0: to be an allergy. Anything. I just choose not just just to have one it. One bite causes it does stuff. a reaction in your body. That's why just one bite can make us sick. We're not making it up. It's not all in our heads. We're not all so sensitive. Just eat with positivity. Just eat believing that it'll be fine. You're going to manifest it to be fine. Oh, my God. Don't you have a vision board?
1: I don't think people with severe shellfish allergies manifest not having it. Okay? So neither do people who react severely to certain kinds of food. Okay. Yeah, let me
0: ask my endometriosis what its vision board. (laughs) Hold on. Let me... Hello, are we gonna manifest eating that today? uh, (laughs) Ento, Red Dragon, how do you feel? Hello, Red Dragon. (laughs) Tell me what's on your vision board. I really want cheese, so you poop yourself. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Straight from the mouth, of Red Dragon. dragon, Oh my god! Why is me pooping myself on everyone's vision board? (laughs) You talk about it a lot. (laughs) Well, it happens a lot. I'm preparing you people. If it ever happens, you'd be like, oh. Yeah, that, that's normal. normal. I She's feel like about it so much. I feel like I've already witnessed it. Oh,
1: now I did. Yeah,
0: for real. Oh.
1: Well, one good comment that I've kind of used to combat the just one bite is kind of flipping it on them and saying, why does it matter so much to you that I have just one bite? Like, why, why are you so invested in my just one bite? And it kind of turns a light on in their minds because sometimes they get really like tunnel vision, like, you must try it. You must try it. And you're like, why is it so important that I try it? And they're like, oh, whoa, that's weird that I'm being so like aggressive about it. So it it's not like, being a, a zombie. Yeah, it gets like, them out of like the zombie of shove the food in your mouth, like <laughs> it, like snaps them out of it. And they're like, oh, I don't I don't know because they don't have a reason. So I'm like, well, if you don't know why it's so important, then I'm not going to have that bite. And then they're kind of like, oh, and it really kind of diffuses the situation.
0: Or you'll say, well, why do you want me to have just one bite? And they'll say, well, I just I want it's so tasty. I just I want you to enjoy yourself too. I'll enjoy myself more if I don't <laughs> have that bite and poop myself. Later. Trust me, you don't want me to have that. Ju- you want to call nine one one in about twenty five minutes. from yeah, the end. Of you don't want that kicks in. You want to take me home screaming and crapping and yeah, that's not and that's not enjoyable.
1: They just often don't know. A lot of times, it's not said from a malicious place. Sometimes, like the person shoving the food in my face, was a little malicious. But they often just think they're doing something nice and. I've had to work with my partner on, like, stop offering me things you know that I choose not to eat because you're not being polite. You're being aggressive to me.
0: Why do they do that?
1: He thinks he's Southern. Support me. He thinks me. he's being nice and polite. Uh. And so I had to train him, like, that's neither nice nor polite. When I say no once, I mean, no, I don't want to be offered it again. <laughs> so that's something that I think is just also in our culture. And so people don't realize that they're doing it.
0: I bet it was really hard to have to say, like, for I have, found it really hard at times to say no when people offer me things mm-hmm. as in sometimes it hurts my feelings that I can't eat the things that other people can eat so when they're like oh here do you just one bite do you want this And then I was just like no and then I've just run away and like <laughs> cried in the bathroom I'm sensitive all right well, it's okay I know <laughs> I still love you <laughs> but I But it was really hard to just have to say no. And it's really good that you could, should I say, train or teach your work husband? With my husband. Oh, <laughs> oh work collaboration. We I love collaboration. Lo- and this is why I'm not married, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> I would have done this when I trained him, but that's fine. But <laughs> don't you train the American husband? Well, anyways. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's helpful to show the person that you're with the way that you want to be interacted with about food and yeah. to educate that person that. Although because he thought he was being Being polite, polite. Mm -hmm. but really
1: it was hurtful. It was. You're right. It was absolutely hurtful to have to continue to say no to things that I maybe didn't want to say no to, especially to my partner. So we had to have a conversation about the way you're communicating and how it's actually making me feel. And that kind of turned a light bulb on because he didn't know how it was making me feel.
0: Like if you love me, you will never you will offer me offering me ever <laughs> those weird southern
1: foods that I do not understand. <laughs> and if you're continuously getting comments from somebody that you're not close with, maybe it's an acquaintance or a coworker, you can still kind of set that boundary very nicely. And if they become very persistent or aggressive, we always recommend just leaving the situation. So if you can say, "Okay, well, great. Thanks for having this conversation and just leave the situation. Obviously, if you're coworkers with this person, which is where it happens a lot in the workplace, they cannot follow you um, without HR getting involved or your boss. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some repercussion there. But often just leaving the situation does diffuse it. It's, it's very infrequent that the person would then follow you. Leave but, the gauntlet
0: of the break yeah, room. Leave
1: it. Leave the break room battleground and just go back to your seat. <laughs> Put some headphones on and just do your work. But yeah, we always recommend when the situation is clearly not going to be able to be resolved because the person may not be listening or open to receiving that information, it's best to just leave the situation because trying to convince them and
0: escalating actually will not solve anything. I love your advice about just walking away from the comments. But sometimes, (laughs) sometimes sometimes sometimes. (laughs) they follow you. Yeah, if it's a person you have a constant interaction with, like a family member or a coworker, they sometimes people can just they cannot get the hints or they maybe just don't realize how unwanted their comments are. And so we have this coworker, and every time I want to walk from my desk to the kitchen, I have to walk by his desk. Which means every time there's the opportunity for him to tell me about my food. As he sits at his desk, supposedly doing his work, and I walk by with my lunch, again, which has nothing to do with him, I get these comments like, salad again? What are you, a bird? I'm like,
1: yeah. You know birds eat
0: (laughs) salad, but okay. Where does that come from? (laughs) I don't know. People being weird. (laughs) And then I walked by once with breakfast. I had boiled eggs. And he Mm. goes, and he looked at them and he just goes, so I bet you think my breakfast cereal is really unhealthy. I just want to eat my boiled eggs. And then (laughs) he was drinking uh, orange juice. And then I walked by and he's like, oh, do you drink orange juice? I was like, no, I don't. You know what? You don't have sugar, do you? I've never seen you have sugar. Do you have sugar? No, no, I don't. I, <laughs>
1: I, just, I just want to go to <laughs> <keep>, the <just bleed. laughs> Why? Sometimes I have pineapple juice. I, uh, are we talking about that?
0: How much sugar are
1: we talking? Oh, I like sorry. watermelon, but not before bed. Because it makes me pee like 10 times literally same, in the yeah, middle of the same. night. Okay.
0: How deep are we going here <laughs> about <laughs> the juices? <laughs> Does broccoli juice with coconut? Mm. He's like, oh,
1: God. I juice my own. Are we talking about that? (laughs) Are we store-bought? Where are we
0: drawing this line of distinction? (laughs) Anyway, in the end, I realized, I think I'm just going to have to bite the bullet. I'm I'm just going to have to let him know that I don't want to talk about food. So. I went over to him without – no one had food on their desk. I made sure it was a food-free zone <laughs> She made me we, recon, actually. Before we had the Can you walk by his
1: desk, make sure he's not eating anything? Yes. Walked by – no, he's not eating anything. Okay, it's the time. She okay. made me recon. So, reconnaissance, so. I'm going in for the kill.
0: <laughs> no, and then I went in, and I, and I just said, hey, you know, I really said we talk about food. You, but I didn't tell you. Use collaborative, we, collaborative yeah. language. The way no that no accusatory the way that language, Brittany, quote unquote, worked with her husband when she, <laughs> as we all know, she trades. She whipped him into shape. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be real. He's great now. But yes, she quote unquote worked with him. Just like him and I always talk about food. So I just said, oh, you know, I've noticed in our interactions that we speak about food a lot, and I would prefer if we could refrain from talking about food and just keep our relationship professional. He just looked at me like, "What do you mean? I haven't been doing anything wrong at all." What's going on? I never talk about food. So (laughs) I was like, "Okay." So we, you know, he's like, "Um, okay, sure." And literally, like at lunchtime, I walked by with whatever I had. Some gourmet
1: dish, hair flip, beautiful Amy creation.
0: And he made another comment, and so I just really gently just turned, and I was very gentle, and I said, "Oh, I believe we talked about this, and we were just going to keep our." comments professional to ourselves (laughs) without talking about food he's like oh that's what you meant is that what you meant when you said let's not talk about food that's what you meant yeah that's what i meant so sometimes it it comes down to that it comes down to telling people like setting that boundary that we've talked about and it worked out you kind of trained him (laughs) and he doesn't comment about the
1: food So I bet you're probably thinking this would be a lot easier if we could just avoid the comments in the first place. We agree. (laughs) And Amy and I both have developed a lot of tactics to just avoid people from saying things in the first place.
0: You just got to fit in. That's the strategy. Just play. You're just acting. It's acting.
1: You're such an actor. Just act. So one of the tactics that I learned in college was because I also didn't like the way that alcohol made me feel. So I would go to an event and if there was alcohol there, I would take one and I would just walk around with that because then people wouldn't ask me if I wanted a drink, if I wanted another one, because it was pretty full. So it looked like I just got it. Yeah. So it looked like I was participating and that just avoided a lot of the comments. I wasn't like, oh, I'm drinking, I'm drinking. Like I didn't act like I was drunk or anything like that. It just made people stop approaching me with the comment if I wanted a drink, if I wanted another one. Why am I not drinking? And then the other one I actually did kind of recently. I had a big party when I got married in my husband's hometown and I brought my own Tupperware food, which is normal for me. <laughs> and so a lot of his family members were not maliciously just asking Why I wasn't having any of their food and what the food that I had was. And one family member commented to Randy, did I think I was too good for their food? So I asked Randy, can you just grab me a piece of something, of anything, and just bring it to my spa and just put it in front of me so it looks like I'm going to eat that? And when he did that, I took a couple bites and put it on his plate. So it looked like I had started to eat it, but got too full and couldn't finish. And people stopped asking me. People stopped making comments. And yes, it feels kind of to like do that. But I just want to avoid the comments in the first place. I'm supposed to be celebrating or having a good time, not worrying about
0: that. We have to do the work lunch with the department a couple times a year. And I love spending time with everyone, but I hate going to the restaurant and everyone is Oh, can you eat this? Oh, oh can you you wanna, Can you eat can you, anything here? Do you want the menu ahead of time? Do you want to double check? Can you eat any of this? Thank you, yeah. but stop catering to me. Please. I'll just I'll figure it out for myself. It just feels awkward. then it makes me feel bad because you sound like you feel bad, and I don't feel bad. Oh, Please, stop. I don't care. <laughs> just go eat it. I'll eat before. So what I realized was when they would say, oh, there's a work lunch, then I would ask the coordinator, oh, what what restaurant are we going to? And they would let me know. And then I would look at the menu and then I would call ahead and I would ask the waitstaff. No, you mean interrogate the waitstaff, right? <laughs> I'd be like, okay, I will give you, when I get there, a $25 tip, but I need you to now have a 35-minute conversation with me about every ingredient. Where do you source your olive oil? Okay. Is it Spain? I need to
1: know if it's real olive oil or if it's the blend that's not real but says olive oil. Okay. So true. We're Italian. We're olive oil snobs. That is a little pretentious. No,
0: and there's also, there's a lot of food fraud. There's a lot of fake olive oil on exactly. the market. Exactly. Yes. So you have to be careful because if the other oils make you sick and you ingest them... No. <laughs> So what I realized when I would call is I would probably say 99.9% of the time there's nothing on the menu that I could eat because I basically can only have like two foods at one time or my intestines are like, we don't know what happened. You put things (laughs) inside of us. We don't. This isn't our job. Yes, it is. No, it's (laughs) not. Your one job (laughs) is is is. (laughs) to digest things. We're like, we We can't do that. We're all fused together. organs. We don't have any kind of traction or mobility. (laughs) We're tired. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) So normally what I do is I'll call ahead and I'll let them know. The best thing to let them know is I have severe allergies. Like, what are you allergic to? I'm like, everything. I could <laughs> die. I carried EpiPen at all times. She does. Not They're alive. like, well, that is true because <laughs> since hormone problems have occurred, I have issues. But we'll get some that in another episode. And so I just ask them, are you able to cook me a plain piece of salmon or a plain piece of chicken? And usually they're able to do that okay, perfect. This is our party. This is what time we're coming. If I order this with the waiter, can you please cater to this for me because I'm going for a work event? And they're like, oh,
1: sure. No, people are pretty understanding. Yeah, You're not asking for the world. You're just asking, don't add anything
0: to it. (laughs) Exactly. And so when we go, everyone orders and then me too. I get the menu. Oh, the menu. I, ooh, and I, ah, oh, yeah, looks good. Oh, the cheese selection. Ooh, I'm thinking about that, too. (laughs) She is. She's not lying. I am thinking about it. Oh, God. Please get it. Let me sniff it. It's so good. (laughs) And then the waiter comes, and then I'm just like, oh, I, you know, I called previously. I'm going to get the plain piece of boiled fish. And she's like, okay, perfect. Writes it down. That's it. Goes off. I'm not crazy. I didn't spend 25 minutes asking the waiter questions. People aren't feeling impatient. They're not looking at me. They're not like, oh, this girl, she's so OCD. She's <laughs> so anal. Then my food comes, I eat with everyone Everything else. seems normal. Then you see.
1: That's a great way to avoid the comments.
0: And if people say, oh, was that in the menu? Just a plain piece of fish? I'm like, oh, yeah, it was. Or if they say something, I'm just like, oh, I, I have food allergies. So I called the ahead. There, that's it. Mm-hmm. The end. Sometimes if we go to a party or like a holiday dinner at someone's house, I mean, we can ask if we can bring a dish. If we Mm. realize that we're not going to be able to eat anything and we don't just want to bring our own Tupperware or look rude or something, we can ask, oh, can I bring a dish for everyone? And then you'll have a dish that you can eat and then other people can also eat. So it's, it's like sharing. Probably for a lot of you listening, you've heard of the majority of these comments because I feel like these comments are quite common. People are not very original in their comments. No. <laughs>
1: there's there's nothing been said that I have not heard before
0: <laughs> with these comments. They say something. they like just one bite. They're like, could you just say something original something to me? Something else. Maybe
1: could you would actually... at least say one mouthful. Maybe then I would actually <laughs> maybe do. It. it would entice me if you could actually just change the. <laughs> I'm semantics. just craving the originality. Okay, Come that's on. my craving. <laughs> Give me something. Here.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> but maybe you listening. You've heard these comments before, and you're like, yes. Oh my. God. Goodness, make them stop, or maybe not. And if so, wow! Can I know you? Because you're, <laughs> you're doing something amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky. What are you doing that I'm not doing? You know. But if if you have food choices that you follow to help you feel better or to help you have more energy or any reason, then we just want to say that we know it's not easy to make food choices different than than the masses,
1: the norm. <laughs>
0: Quote unquote norm. <laughs> but it's not easy to eat differently. And it's not easy to not cave into temptations. And it's not easy to say no to just one bite. I mean, seriously, if someone put up just one bite of cheese in my face, like I would probably, probably eat it. I would probably, <laughs> in my quest to eat, I would probably bite their finger off and they have to go to the ER. Like, please don't offer me just one bite of cheese because I want the whole thing. <laughs> there's no self control here with like, cheese. There's- <laughs> I literally have to like go around the cheese section of the supermarket. <laughs> you know in the back. I'm like I a- never go there. If I need something <laughs> from that section is next to the sushi section and sometimes like to pick up sushi for my boyfriend and I, I literally just turn to someone in the supermarket I'm like excuse me this is gonna sound really weird, but I can't be near the cheese aisle because I have a bit <laughs> of an addiction, and I'll probably get arrested because I'll just be just eating eat it, all of it and then I'll crap myself right in front of everyone. And they'll be like, "You have to pay. You just ate five hundred dollars of and cheese, and you can never come back to the store ever again." <laughs> I'm like, could you go there for me and get? And the they're like, um, oh, "Okay, I, ma'am, please don't please me, stay away from me. Don't engage with me." And I'm like, "I have a restraining order at a lot of supermarkets. Let me die." <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's tempting. It, seriously, it is tempting. So if you follow any kind of eating choices, because Brittany, I don't like the word diet. Because like mm-hmm. I'm not on a i am 14 They're not restrictions. They're not diets. This is my lifestyle choice. So if you have a lifestyle choice that you follow, then good for you. Yeah. We're proud of you because that's really hard. We know that's hard. And if you don't have a lifestyle eating choice that you follow... You just listen to the episode because you just find it so amusing, (laughs) (laughs) or you, (laughs) or you want to be prepared for the future. Thinking ahead, considering a lifestyle—very clever. I I salute you. Yeah, we're also proud of you because
1: you're thinking ahead, and that's proactive, and we love that. (laughs) And we're also
0: just flat out proud of you because you live with endo, and that's enough. Which is is. (laughs) hard. Which is a devastating illness. Which is so difficult to live with. So no matter what. No matter what your reasons, no matter what your diet, we are proud of you for living with endo. And we thank you for joining us here on the podcast. We thank you for being part of this community. And we would love if you reached out to us. We're on Instagram at In16YearsOfEndo. Please go ahead. Let us know your best food comments. Oh, yeah. Let us know the funniest, weirdest
1: stupidest craziest remarks that someone has ever made about your food we would love to hear those
0: oh my gosh. absolutely love it love please oh my gosh it's how i get my entertainment <laughs> thank you so much for listening we will talk to you next time